Yeah. That's why so we're I, not in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> we scaled our company from 2 million to 10 million, from a team of 20 to 70. Mm. And I was consistently frustrated with the product and the quality of the service and the quality of the human relationships. This guy is a straight baller. I funded that operation from August 2022 all the way to December from my own pocket. You have to yeah. go do it. If that is a dream relationship that you want to develop and you want to work with, you got to mm. do it. My mindset was different than him. For him was like, how can I make one clip out of this conversation? While my mindset before was like, how can I make 10 out of this conversation? Yep. It was like this mindset shift of like, how do I apply these principles of quality to the output principle that guide me to my success? And she looked at me and she was like, what if, what if that thing that you're creating and that message that you're sharing is actually inspiring them to be better and find better opportunities like you did? Dude, that, that moment there changed everything. Hey, I'm Luis, and this is Luis, and welcome to the Content is Profit Podcast. In here, you're going to get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content, all this while having a good time. The goal of this podcast is simple, entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit. That is right. Let's go. That, this was sweet. This that was, was smooth. Sweet. That was smooth. I know. I have my muscle memory here, but right now the thing is over there in the computer. I know. I know. But I know. Anyways, you can, you can start slowly. What? What are we talking slowly about? Slowly lower the volume. There, there we go. There we go. It's okay. Yes. We'll, we'll leave it in here. But what are we talking about today? Fox? Today we're talking about creating content for some of the biggest entrepreneurial personalities Ooh. and also we're you know how this goes we're just gonna dive into anything <laughs> and everything yeah. i know we put these titles and then the whole episode you know goes a different way yeah at the end of but, the episode it's like all right we're changing the hook yeah 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 but anyways if you guys are enjoying this episode especially this new phase in this new location by now you should know where we are that is true. I mean, if, if, if by now they know, we are by at the new studio. Yeah, baby, let's studio go. podcast suites here in Jacksonville, Florida. I know. Um, yeah, so, anyways, so exciting. If you want to learn more about that, just back up like two, three episodes, <laughs> listen to that one, and then you'll know the rest of the story. That's right. And go ahead and share it with everybody that you love in every social media platform and any podcasting platform because they want to listen. I just stole Fonzie's line. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Tell me about this. How did we meet today's guest? Oh man, well you called me one day and you were like, I I think I found our third brother. I'm like, Mario? I'm like, no, no, his name is, I'm not gonna say just yet, but uh, you know, we're kind of connected on the network side of things, on the content side of things. It was a connection from one of our guests and we're like, there's yep. no way we're gonna meet with this guy. And we're like, we've been like, on honored to have this conversation but turns out there's a lot of personal connections in there that we do not know about yeah yeah when i first jumped on a phone call with him i was mind blown by the level of coincidences honestly <laughs> yes. i was like this is crazy and then he told me about all the things he has been doing all the challenges he's been through all the accomplishments that he's managed to have in his personal life and business mm. and i was just mind blown he is actually now the host of zero to 100 in Spanish, ooh, ooh, right? Is like the first Spanish <laughs> podcast in the HubSpot Podcast Network. This guy is a straight baller. That's right. Guys, well, please welcome 
The one and only Diego Betancourt. What's up, bro? <laughs> What's up, man? Diego. Dude, that energy that you guys have—it's unmatched. <laughs> it's says it's, it's uh, you know energy drinks. I'm not gonna say the name because they haven't sponsored. <laughs> they haven't yet, sponsored. Yeah, they don't but. deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude i wish i wish i had this dynamic the chemistry is like you can tell hey you're gonna develop that you have a co-host now for your show right you guys are gonna develop that a long time trust me the first couple episodes we <laughs> yeah. were choking each other killing each other in here it wasn't as smooth as it is right now <laughs> i love it thank you for having me man yeah and it's a, it's such an honor yeah absolutely so i mean diego of course you know we've Uh, we knew you before you knew us in a sense right like we've we've been following obviously the podcast from the network for a long time and then we admire you know Sampar and Sean and the the my first million podcast and i remember they did this contest one day it was like a $5000 contest and you know for micro clipping and we we're like oh my gosh tim we have an emergency meeting so we did the <laughs> emergency meeting we submitted the thing we're like all right we got to create amazing content and uh, we lost we lost the thing and then Dude. suddenly they I didn't even put that together right now, what you're telling about. Yeah, do you remember this? Wait, did you win that? Did you win that thing? No, uh, Sim, Sim Ran and Michael Sikan won that. They oh, are yeah. But, but it goes way back. But after that, they actually talked about you. I'm like, about this like guy that continued to like develop this relationship, right? And continue to deliver value to them. And uh, you got a couple of shout-outs. I'm like, who is this Diego guy? We need to meet this guy. Like, it's awesome. Like, he speaks our same language of delivering value online and building trust and, and relationships and creating opportunities from that, right? So you became like this one guy that uh, that attracted all this attention and, and shout-outs and your business exploded, right? So do you want to share with us a little bit of, like, your story, like, leading to that opportunity? And, like, what are some of the things that you did? And how has your life transformed since? Well, first of all, my life changed because of Sam. No, <laughs> no, no question about it. Like, there's no, there's no way to describe it other than it's all thanks to his distribution and reputation, I would say. Um, but um, I've been doing, I've been doing content for three years, failing. I, I was a CMO at a, a business funding company and. I literally just use all of my money to create content uh, multiple things. Like I did YouTube channel for NFTs. I did <laughs> YouTube channels for video games. I paid some streamers oh, and created like a mini network and all of them failed <laughs> until I found this kid on Fiverr. He just escaped Russia. Um, his name is Danja. It's now my partner at Shortsy. But at the time I just met him online and I told him like, Hey man, What if I pay you a thousand bucks per month and we do cool business podcast clips? Because I don't know if you guys know, but in Miami, the, the commute, it's like an hour long. Yeah. Yep. That's why so we're I, not in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was going to this, uh, I was going from Doral to Sunny Isles, which is like an hour long drive. Yeah. And as soon as I got home, I just sent him the favorite part of whatever podcast I heard. And then mm. he clip it and edit it. And then we put it in this theme page called top business podcast, um, everywhere, yeah. Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, whatever. Like we just wanted to build a brand. We were inspired by the guys that won the contest. Yeah. 
uh, our future guys. And we said like, we want to do one in our future, but we don't have the resources to do it full time. So yeah. we'll just half ass it. <laughs> and, and Optimize. Then, yeah, exactly. So I, I, I just told him like, I have a thousand bucks. I don't have anything else to spend on this. And then he said like, yeah, I'm, I'm down. And I, we started, and for some reason, in three months in, we had like 50 million views a month on wow. like Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok together. Not individually, but together. I would say the biggest success was Instagram. So I just decided to, I have this thing that I pursue people, just like the way that you approach me, Fonsi. But like, if you don't reply to me, I'll, I'll reply to you every week, just <laughs> saying something about it. Yeah. And and not like random shit. Like for example, for Sam, it was like, "Hey man, this is working." Then it yeah. became like, "Hey motherfucker, <laughs> you got ten millions the last two weeks. Are you want to do this or no?" Yeah. Okay, bitch, answer to me. <laughs> if you don't do this, I'm gonna steal your content. I'm gonna do it for you. And then it was like that for like two months until one day he replied. Wow. So, and for and for context, right? Those listening, you know, Sam is the one of the co-hosts of a my podcast, first My First Million, in a, in part of our network, and they're yep. they're a massive show, right? So they were looking for, you know, they were talking about a lot of clipping around that that time, right? Like, how do we actually grow the podcast? How do we grow the clipping, right? And you started reaching no, out. No, 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 no. It was even more crazy than that. They already had they already a had team clipping. Yes. Yeah, they had the guys. Yeah. They 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 had Michael and Simi, which are friends now and, and like they're killers. Yeah. They sold they sold their short form company to Morning Brew. Yeah. But at the time they were handling all of the hotspot short form media. But they were handling for the brands. But I noticed that Sam and Sean wasn't doing their own personal one. Mm. Uh, so okay. I just did it for them personally. Yes. Like outside Got the it. brand name. It's like if I come to you and you guys are doing this podcast uh, uh, content and then I come to Fancy and you, Luis, and I tell you like, hey, I'll do it for you guys on top of the podcast one. Yeah. Yes. And for some reason that that one gained more traction than the podcast one. And yeah. but mind you, we, we were doing it for free. Yes. So yeah. I I funded that operation from August 2022 all the way to December from my own pocket. So it yeah. was just me and Danya and Danya was clipping and posting and I was picking the clips that I like from Sam and then talking to Sam daily, making sure that the copy makes sense because he's a copywriter and I suck at copywriting. Yep. Yep. And then um, I even like, he made me pay for the course. <laughs> he well, says like, you gotta buy this. And it helped. Actually, the moment I did that, he stopped saying anything about it. But yeah. anyway. What, what, um, what course did he make you buy, right? I'm sure people are curious now. They're like, all right, I want to buy that course he, too. His own. So part oh. of the strategy, yeah, copy that, copy copy.com. Yeah, yeah, an awesome course. It's, yep. uh, it's about copy work. But either way, like we wanted to focus on like, see, because we grew very fast. We grew from like 5,000 people all the way to 50,000 people on his own personal like wow. brand. We At one point, we had 30 million views in total. And we were like, okay, how do we monetize this? So I A-B tested like his mm. copywriting course, his whatever. Mm. And I think at the time he was still building Hampton yeah. like as a stealth startup. So he leveraged that opportunity to just create more networks and connections. And it was really nice to learn from him how to do that yeah. um, like silently. And I was just part of that beginning process. Wow. And I don't know, I just funded it myself. I wasn't expecting anything in return, quite frankly. I was 
semi-comfortable in the bank. Like I had a six-figure plus salary, but I was spending it all on this like ideas and I lost it all, all the time. So <laughs> um, it, it, back in December, he just called me one day for the first time in six months working with this guy. And then he said like, are you ready for me to mention like that you're going to do this? <laughs> and I said like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm ready. I wasn't at all. And like the minute he put that tweet up, all my Calendly was booked from January 1st all the way to February 15th from wow. 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Every wow. like every hour. And I didn't have anybody. So anyways, like that was a learning curve. I started like the hiring process was the hardest, I think like yeah. hiring the right candidates. But right. my partner, Danja was like, so he was part of like the strategy from Andrew Tate in back in like oh, wow. 2022. And he was also part of like this group of YouTubers called, uh, this is, there's a guy called Iman Gatsi, uh. which was following the same uh, process of like horizontal scaling yeah. brands. Yeah. And so Danja had a lot of access to like yeah. underpaid kids and we just said like mm. wait a minute like let's just pay them more yeah and coincidentally a lot of them were venezuelans and argentinians and That's a lot amazing. of latin america kids so as as i was onboarding every day i was like okay we got five clients today okay hire two people and then like next day was like okay we got three okay hire one yeah. then five and then at the end of it all we had 48 clients yeah Diego, I gotta, I gotta stop you here one second. There's a lot to to unpack. break it down. Yeah, a lot to unpack of what you said, right? And first of all, I I think it's we gotta point out the value of a powerful partnership, right? You say you find, right, Vanya, I think that's his name, right? The, this Russian person that had the editing skills, right? And something that you mentioned on your notes is, I don't know how to edit. And it's your company, and that's part of the product that you're selling, right? Of course, you're selling much more than that, but the the output is these videos. So you went and find this technical partner that you know can't you can leverage their skill, right? And you guys can grow together. And then he had the knowledge to help you scale when you guys had people coming in. Another thing that caught my attention was the fact that you said, like, you know, all these people have clips for their podcast, yeah. but not for their own personal brand and i think that is a very important segment especially if you're listening right now and you're thinking only on creating content for your business specific type of endeavors like look at your personal side and actually i feel like a lot of people are more interested on on the behind the scenes right like what's happening how are you thinking on these things right and you creating topic on that i feel like you're opening a whole new category for these entrepreneurs that you know want to go to market and want to reach a like way more like a bigger audience. Now the other thing that really caught my mind is the power of partnerships, right? And following up, like you went and were like, you know what? I'm gonna relentlessly follow up with Sam until this guy answers, and you just keep going. You didn't hear anything about him. You just keep going, keep going, keep going. And guess what? Obviously, it paid off. But then the right partnership with him when he gave you a shout out that just gave you, I don't know how many leads, but you were packed, right? I, I, I'm, but, I think that has a name, Diego. So before, before you head out, that, 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 we call that table face, Caratabla. <laughs> so, like, you know where that, where that comes from. Right? So we have this table face movement 
that we've done, you know, for a long time and how, you know, how we launched the show, how we got into the network, how, you know, we launched the business, how we actually got this studio, like all these things we related to that action of like being proactive and going after, right? And you said something that really caught my attention. You were like, look, uh, I think there's an opportunity here. There's zero expectations, right? But I'm gonna yep. still gonna be doing it because I don't know what's gonna come out. I know something positive is gonna come out of this. And it did for you. And it, it, it exploded, you know, your business and your relationship with your partner, right? Um, so I, I, every time we have these conversations with people that might be hesitant to go after in a proactive way after their opportunities, we mentioned like this, you have to yeah. go do it. Like you have to, you might have to put some hours, you might have to put some investment, right? you might have to deliver a ton of value up front. But if that is a dream relationship that you wanna develop and you wanna work with, you gotta mm. do it. So thank you for, for showing the way in this very specific example and, and showing a lot of people that it can actually be done and it's not just us talking bull crap. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's not it's not random or arbitrary. Yes. There's principles involved. Like I, I think you asked the right question, Fonsi, but the way that I view it, it's like, it's not only following up. Yes, the following up, yeah. it's a valuable act, yeah. but it's following up with value up front. And I do this till this day, when I want to meet somebody, um, I was fortunate enough to uh, work with Alex Lieberman on his ghostwriting agency. And I didn't knew him and I know a lot of people that had connections with him. But before I ask, I just sent him an email telling him everything that I could do for him every day. For every single day, I was just telling him like, hey, I can basically just create your systems, your processes. I can... And then for every single day, I was just putting the value up front. Uh, and mm. same for Sam. It wasn't just like, I can do this. No, I was literally showing him, hey, I can, you're, I'm getting you millions of you here. Like, it wasn't just like yeah. saying that I'm going to do something. It was yes. showing them yeah. every day. Like, hey, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And it's like, it's not only the follow-up, it's like the value it's first. So how can I give value to somebody and just provide them with value upfront? How, how, yeah. do, how do you learn that, right? Because mm. like, um, it's not something that most people think is like the first thing or logical thing to do, right? Like we see it every single day. We, like we get inundated with DMs of, you know, people promising stuff, but we haven't, we have yet to receive like maybe five that with value first, right? It's really rare. So somebody taught you this, this is something that comes within you, right? How, how do you come across this principle and, uh, and that you decided to take action on? That's a good question. I think it's because I was frustrated with the industry that I was working at. I, I worked for unsecured finance for a long time. We scaled a company from 2 million to 10 million from a team of 20 to 70. Mm. And I was consistently frustrated with the product and the quality of the service and the quality of the human relationships. And I was just like, I want to avoid that. And I want to be helpful to people on my, on, on like everything that we're doing. So it, I think it came from that there, you were forced to do 200 outbounds per day. So it was like a heavy, yes. heavy work, but it wasn't like, I wasn't proud of it. Now yeah. it's, it was like, how can I do the same, be as insistent and persistent as possible, but then 
provide value. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so, sorry, sorry. Last comment, I promise. It's this this it's, is it's a problem of having a co-host, right? <laughs> we start fighting on who's going to ask the questions. But I, I just <laughs> want to relate this because I had a similar experience when I was running fitness studios, right? It was in 200 outreach a day. It was about 40, but it, there were 40 call calls that we had to do, plus whatever outreach, you know, that came throughout the day. And that was like sales associate. That was not the managerial side. So we did a lot of outreach. And I, I was faced with a very similar uh, thought than yours. Like how, and for a fitness studio, it's not that we can actually, you know, we will, we will invite him into the studio to do a free session, right? And then show the value in there. But doing the outreach, that was the issue on the industry because we have certain guidelines, certain things that we got to do. And it was very hard to provide that value way up front without falling off the, guide, the corporate guidelines that we had, right? So I was also very frustrated with something like that. And when we started our company, I landed in a very similar spot, right? We did prospect batches for, I don't know how long, right? We would just pick mm -hmm. people that we really wanna work with and we created the final product for them. We will send it, you know, we, it happened with our guests. So very similar strategy, but it came out of that frustration. So you you just explain a really massive shortcut for a lot of people that they don't have to go through all of that, right? They don't have to go through the frustration. They don't have to like piss off the people that they're reaching out to because you have like one, maybe two opportunities to change the perspective like from them to you. So thank you for, for sharing that. And and I relate so much that you don't have to go, if you're listening or watching right now, you don't have to go through the 200 a day outreach, negative outreaches, right? Just follow like Diego's like a strategy, right? And, uh, and, and hopefully that can get you some traction. I would definitely still do the output, but the output will bring some value. So- yes. For example, I, I run a short form agency before it was like referral based and like, I've never done paid ads on this business. Yeah. It has been all word of mouth. But if I actually want to work with somebody, I would come with the videos up front and tell him like, Hey, I want to, I want to work with you. Here's 10 videos. Tell me what you think. Like, are you open for a conversation? Yeah. It's not, it's just not saying yep. it's like, if you're going to, walk the walk, talk the talk, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. That, that actually kind of like goes into the, the next question I wanted to ask you, which was how can someone replicate that value first principle without the resources, right? And I'm saying this just maybe to kind of like kickstart the creative process on people and how can I deliver value to somebody if maybe I don't have an editor that can help me edit these clips? And it might be for a whole different video as well, right? And what you just mentioned resonated a lot with us because that's how we approach people as well, right? We have this platform and for us, part of delivering value for the people that we want to work with is actually inviting them to the platform and helping them, you know, expose them, giving them more exposure in the internet, in social media, et cetera. And what we used to do, we actually have Slack, this is, uh, you know, we, we need to pick it, pick it up with Slack here lately, but what we used to do with every single guest was we would bring them to the show, have these awesome conversations, and then we would create clips specific for them with their branding. Like it didn't say at all that they were part of Content is Profit. It was just all branded specific for them, right? And then we would share that with them. Like, hey guys, here we go. So you guys can share it, you know? And all these people were like, these are awesome, right? Like, let's have a conversation. We wanna learn more about what you do. So it goes hand in hand with what you're saying. But maybe, you know, somebody that might not have those resources, like a team behind it that can help them, right? And I would argue, sure, I'm sure they have the time and that's the main resource that they can leverage. But 
how can they start replicating that value first outreach? I, I always talk to my friends because I love I, all I like about life is talking about business every single day. So this is a problem that a lot of like friends have, which is like, I don't know how to find it. It's like mm. one offer, one avatar, one landing page. That's how would I define everything that you can do in this life and to specifically when you're starting. Right. And like that offer should be related to a skill that you personally can fulfill. Yep. In my case, I already had experience, so I had the capital and like the resources to make it happen somehow, yep. somewhere. But if I didn't have the, like, you really have to be self-accountable and look inwards and say, hey, what is it that I'm good at and where I can provide value to people? <clears throat> Whether yeah. that's sales or content, it doesn't matter. What matters is what you, you're confident that you can help one person. Yep. If you focus on helping one person and use that as a case study, and then replicate that over and over again, then you yeah. have a business. But yeah, it's all a matter of that. I still don't know how to code, yet I lead <laughs> engineers, right? But it's not a matter of the skill itself. It's how do you, how do you feel around that? Uh, like uh, how, do, how competent you feel with your fulfillment? Yeah. And I think it's very important to feel proud about what you're doing as well. Um, yeah. Because if you are confident that you're going to get them results, mm -hmm. then... It doesn't matter if, if if anything else doesn't matter. What matters is that relationship and yeah. the trust. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, I, I love this. And I love. I wrote here. If you're starting at one offer, one hour, one landing page, and I go back to when we started as Bistros. You know, we've been technically a, a business for almost eight years now. And we were spinning our wheels the first four, right? Like uh, trying all these different things from vinyl stickers to screen printing t-shirts to everything and anything a marketing agency could do without their resources, right? We, we will advertise ourselves as the anti-marketing agency. People will tell us <laughs> why they were like angry about with their current marketing agency. And we we're like, okay, we'll do it differently, right? And we went and sold that. And it got to a point where we had eight, nine different offers. And uh, for us, I guess that was part of our, our path and how we were able to yeah. identify was people asking more of content, right? Yeah. And then- We had zero identity, honestly, as a company at that zero. point. It was uh, mostly like, what do you hate about other marketing companies? Cool, we'll do it better or we'll do it differently. <laughs> you and, know, and that's think, it. I think, uh, Diego, one of my, my fears then was like, well, and, and, and I think for a lot of people now, it could be like, well, am I missing a lot of the market, right? I'm mm -hmm. not talking to many, many people or I'm not offering solutions for everybody. But what we learn, and, and I hope you guys do, and you'll see now, like three years later, what happens. Like we narrow it down to just content production. And within content production, just the clips, right? Especially. And then uh, that evolved into a little bit of producing the podcast as a case study to build relationships and uh, sell our services. So then people were asking how we were doing that thing. So now we had those two things and that evolved into now a physical location where we actually rent per hour, right? So opportunities will come and will evolve after mm -hmm. you make that one decision and you deliver on the one thing that you promise to that one market, <laughs> right? So for us, we went from like trying to offer the world to like the one offer and then that one offer actually started to expand on it, right? It's not that we stopped doing that thing. It's just like, because we build capacity and resources, we were now able to deliver more things. And, uh, and it's been great. So I hope this also saves a lot of time for a lot of people that are trying to do these many things, decide on that one thing. I also would say that if you're torn about it and I, I do consultations per week uh, where I get paid to do this and 
the one I had a friend that it's a great copywriter, but it's also a great marketeer. It's also she has a lot of skills and she's like being an employee or her life. And like she has this same like she is us a few years ago. Right. And what I told her was like, yes, create one landing page, one offer, one avatar. But why don't create three? And A/B test, like A/B tested in the market, yeah, and yes. see where's the demand, see see where's the actual feedback. So even if you are like spread around between multiple skills, what I would do is just narrow it down, but then try those three separately. Yeah. Uh, right now, I'm doing that. Like I have two agencies that don't overlap. One yeah. is very broad, one is very niche, but at the same time, I'm constantly. I don't take just one bet. I'm always betting on different things all the time. And if yeah. I don't have the bandwidth or capacity, I just either delegate it or like make it happen somehow, somewhere. Yeah. But just like always betting in different things at the same time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna do a pop quiz for you, Fonzie. Go ahead. What was our, our <laughs> best or most successful AB test in the history of podcasting production for us? Podcasting production? For us, specifically for us. I, I failed. What is it? The, the, dude. <laughs> So Diego, I don't remember. I'm like, the, the week that we decided to launch content is profit. We're like, okay. Oh, <laughs> now you remember? Yeah. <laughs> wow, dude. That was, that was 400 <laughs> episodes ago. That's a while back. So I remember, like, we we had this client. He's like, you guys need to produce a podcast, right? Mm. And the way that we tested that out was like, well, our split now is like, do we do it in English or do we do it in Spanish? And we're like, well, why don't we do one in English and one in Spanish? So we will record content is profit in English yep. from four to five. And then we will record the second Spanish show called the Mass, Li Mass Live Show from five to six. And we did this for the first like three weeks. What happened is Content's Profit took off because most of our network was here in the United States in English. So it started to relate a lot of in the content and it also was very niche compared to Mass Li the Mass Live Show. And we're like, okay, this, this is the proof. Now we're going to Content's Profit because it's creating the relationships that is bringing the money to the bank. And then we kind of halt it uh, mass live show. So yeah. same thing. If you want to produce something just like you, like incredible lessons, Diego. I mean, we have to do part two and part three, part three for this because you keep dropping golden boulders. Yeah. So the same thing. I, I'm I'm gonna interrupt my brother here a little bit. You know, we're gonna we're gonna get to the to something that something meaty out here. <laughs> um, you know, and I want to go towards. We had a conversation where we were meeting each other right over the phone, and you told me that you heard this podcast, right? That it was Danny Miranda's episode with the guys from uh, Nonsense Media. I think that's that's how they call their company. And you told me, dude, listen to this. This really helped me shift my mind about content, how I look at content and what I do with my clients, right? So obviously, you know, we're in content's profit, trying to help people create more content that turns into profit. And I'm curious, right? Like, what was it that you heard there? I, I heard the episode. I showed that part to my brother because I was like, this is genius. I think it's amazing. But I want to hear from you. What was that thing? What was shifted in you on how you approach content? And maybe for context, let's give also an image of how were you doing it before for your clients? And what are you doing now in the content side of things to help them, again, leverage what they're doing and reach a bigger audience? I think it's funny because sometimes I, I take the suggestions of others and like apply them immediately. But sometimes I'm a hypocrite and I don't like take action immediately. So within like that conversation, I feel like Henry and Dylan are the, the pillars of 
uh, I would say the short form game because they started way back before anybody had commoditized this game and they had the opportunity to work with some really important people yep. and then um, arbitrage a bunch of animators with good writing. But I think that it's clear that for them, the quality of the product that they're putting out there is the primary guiding force. Yep. For me, for a while, it has always been about output first. So my mindset was different than him. For him was like, how can I make one clip out of this conversation? While my mindset before was like, how can I make 10 out of this conversation? Yep. Right. And it was like this mindset shift of like, okay, how do I apply this principles of quality to the output principle that guide me to my success? Mm -hmm. So those are the two main takeaways for me. It's like really take care of the quality that you're putting out there. Because for a while, I can tell you, like when you're scaling and you scale massively, you lose a lot of the quality yeah. and you, you don't care about the output that you're putting out there. So that conversation for me was very helpful because it teaches me that you don't need a hundred videos to, to go viral. I think what, what's amazing about their offer and quite frankly, it's something that I not able to replicate at all. I think that's why we're in separate niche is that they can make 10 videos and the 10 videos will go viral. Yeah. I need to make a hundred videos and then five go viral. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a good approach here before I share with you. I think that's a good approach that you share, right? I remember when I was starting my entrepreneurial journey, um, I think I might have actually still be driving Uber back in that time. I was listening to Andy Frisella and I remember very clearly he was talking about reading and he said something along the lines of like, are you that person that reads and just because you read it in a book or you heard it in a podcast, you just take it as if it's the truth or do you actually go and like challenge those thoughts, right? And what you mentioned to me right now is like, hey, look, like I respect these people and I heard these principles but then at the same time, you challenge it with your own your own points of views. And then you ask yourself, okay, does this actually fit maybe in my framework on how I help people? Can I leverage parts of that? Like you look for ways to incorporate that in your thought and then pass that down to your clients. And I think that is super, super important because that's when people fall into the game of like, let me replicate this. And like you said, like, it's pro I don't know anybody that can replicate the content from those two guys, right? It's, their content is insane. Like the level of animation. I mean, and they come from that background. They come from a background. They used to work for a media studio that did animations and all the stuff. So, of course, they, they have a lot of knowledge on that sense. But I like how you were like, well, you know what? I actually am going to take the principle of the hooks as well, right? Like, how can I still with my output that I want to have, how can I now learning from them maximize, right? The value that I give in those hundred clips that I'm creating, instead of creating 10 super high quality ones, I'm creating a hundred, but out of those 100, what is that knob that I can turn a little bit and increase the leverage and reach more people, right? And I think that key is, that point is key because again, a lot of people just, consume stuff and then they say, okay, this is my new truth. But I love how you look into that and you're like, whoa, look at that. We're, you know, in total different fields, but there's things that I can learn in here and potentially apply and adapt into my own system. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's also the fact that you mentioned the other, like right, one of the questions that you had before was like, okay, you don't know how to edit, uh, but you, you pull this off. And I think it really comes down to, 
everything that I do in my life, it's based on principles, values, and like mental frameworks that I respect consistently. And it, it comes down to the same. What can I learn from this? What do I agree with? What do I, don't I agree with? So for example, Henry and Dylan are amazing writers. We are not. Nobody in my team is a good writer, except on my new business, I partner up with my writers. So I, I'm always consistently analyzing what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses. Yeah. And if I have a weaknesses, I'm not going to double down on my weakness. I'm going to delegate somebody better than me on that weakness. And also it comes down to having common sense and good judgment, right? Because yep. uh, even though I don't know what's, uh, <laughs> how to edit, I do know if it's a good video or not, right? Like yeah. if, you, if you take that approach of like having judgment on whether that's code, product, ideas, it doesn't matter. You, no. you you have to set the standards for yourself and then find the people that can execute things that you can't and then delegate that information in a way that is respectable to their work as well and yep. make them motivated to make something better. Yeah. Um, because if I tell a guy of my team like this video sucks, that's <laughs> not gonna get the that's yeah. not gonna get the work done. It's yeah. like what do you think about this approach? What do you think about if we do it with this style? And I don't know how to do it in that style either. <laughs> yeah. I just know that we need it differently, right? <laughs> yeah, we're just working together as a team to try to find the solution. That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I I want to highlight something too, where there's like the difference between there's a lot of people that think they can't, they need to be that creator, right? Like, and uh, and and they need to develop that skill. And I think that's true to a point. Right to where you can learn the basics. You can be like, okay, what's the structure of the clips? What's the structure of the main video? So you can deliver those instructions to whoever you're hiring, right? And then also, so you have a little bit of information of who should I hire, right? Should you hire the expert that's gonna take you from zero to 100 or you take it to from zero to 50, depending on like the resources that you might have. But I feel, I personally feel very, very attached to, to reps and frequency because that's what unlocked producing content for us, I think, right? Like we, how we were able to unlock the creation of, of, of content was a challenge that we did internally for 45 days. We created one live video for 45 days. The first time that we did it, we mm -hmm. failed. We ended at day 15, then we did it again. I've, I was able to finish it, Fonzie didn't. That's my claim to fame. And <laughs> then we did it again a third time, right? But it was like the repetition of the creation process that really helped us get, get like an understanding of the flow and how we work, right? So. A lot of the things, a lot of the people that might be, you know, starting, uh, maybe they have, they're a small business, right? They're a solopreneur. They might not have the resources, right? It's like, how do we measure our own capacities and how can we be frequent to the point that we can get enough feedback and also enough traction to our business so we can build the resources and then hire the people that can actually elevate that from, you know, whatever, a two, a three, to a seven, to a 10, right? So there, I think there's a level depending on like where is your business. But obviously, if you have very high resources, right, you're gonna be able to leverage the talent of people that have done it many, many times with proven success. But if you not have those resources, then you might have to be able to deliver those skills. And I personally think that frequency and repetition will help you get there, right? So it's like, how do you remove the friction on the production so you can do that and then connect that with your business? And, and I do believe that's true because that's what happened to us, right? It might not be the only way to do it, right? Like you're probably sh showing, but I've, I personally feel very connected to frequency because of that reason. 
I also, yeah, frequency it's king, and but there's like talent, right? Yeah. And there sometimes you gotta pay for that talent, as you said. Like I, I spin up a lot of products. Uh, I have this philosophy that I have to make one business per month at least. So I'm always doing something new. I work with a bunch of engineers and they are very expensive. So, but for, for the agency that we created artifacts, artifact labs, uh, we needed a lot of like in-house team here in Miami. Mm. And like, I had two options. I can either go the recruiting mode of like finding copywriters and like going through Indeed on LinkedIn. But I decided that I, I didn't have the, like I wanted to bootstrap this business out of my own capital. So I didn't have the, the measure to pay them like yeah. a proper salary, right? I, and then yeah. I said like, okay, I'm gonna go to Miami at school directly and I'm gonna come with a, with a exercise. And I'm gonna ask everybody, I introduced myself and I went to each of the students in the copywriting class. <laughs> and then that way I got like their exercise back and I saw the one that I like and I told him like, listen, I'm not making any money with this business, but for every client that we close, I'm gonna get you 5% upfront every time that we close and you're going to deal with it. Are you down with that? And then he is now our main writer and now he has a, a, a six figure salary thanks to like believing in that. But yeah. it's always yes. about uh, another thing that I would say before we run out of time. It's also about being very transparent with people and yeah. honest about what you want, what you expect of them and what do they want. Right. Cause yeah. Like even the Danja example, the Fiverr guy, I was paying him very low salary, but I was always very transparent with him of what we wanted. And like the crazy shit is that you, you got to trust people. Like we started that business together and the first month of every monthly processing in Stripe was given to him. So he received all the money. <laughs> so I had to trust him blindly that he wasn't going to take it. But it's also about having a long-term vision with people, yeah. not just like the, the transaction of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's um, so much more I personally want to cover. I definitely want to go back also to your past. I want to see like <laughs> what are the experiences that shape, you know, today's Diego I don't think we have time for that today, so we're definitely going to have to bring you back for a part two. Um, Dale, you might but, have to come up to Jacksonville and uh, oh, we'll yeah. do a, our uh, live recording. Yes, yes. Actually, actually, let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm down. Like, <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm, I'm funny because I, I quit my nine to five about two months ago and yes. I, my businesses were already successful. And now I found myself that I have more time that I can do with. So <laughs> if you good. tell me that I'm I'm gonna get to Jacksonville, like do that. That you just give me Sounds something good. to do. <laughs> yes. Absolutely, let's do it. All right. Next one is here in the studio. Um but I do want to ask you work with big personalities. All like we talked about it, all this conversation, creating content. And I know that you are pretty active on Twitter, but what about your content like i'm curious like what are you thinking like are you thinking on creating this short form content for yourself right for your own brand like what has been your thoughts around that i think it needs to complement because i've seen over and over people go straight to short form and doesn't have any other medium so i i think the way that i envision in all of this is even the twitter it's not started yet it, that has been me iterating I finally hired somebody to basically like, it's a studio of ghostwriters, but they don't ghostwrite for you. 
they teach you how to write yourself, your own brand and your nice. story. That's and cool. they review your content and make you do exercise every day. So we're going to start that. But like, I think for me, it's like launching that podcast in Spanish, then creating content bilingual on my personal brand and then doubling down on the Twitter and then ultimately funneling the, like everything that is happening to either a service or maybe a newsletter. I don't know. I'm just doing it right now for the love of the game. I yeah, have yeah. that conflict between Spanish and English, but we'll see. Like you <laughs> yes. put me on the spot because I literally bought all of this equipment and like I'm just starting to get the balls and the confidence yeah, yeah. to do it because for a while I, uh, I was like, I, I was feeling a lot of imposter syndrome. So yeah. I didn't feel confident to share anything. Now yeah. I kind of do, you yeah. know? <laughs> and dude, and I, appreciate, I appreciate the honesty, you know, like for that, that person listening right now that might be, you know, they might be thinking, right, should I start publishing or not? Or maybe you started publishing and then you stop, right? Like, look at Diego right now. He just shared that he has worked with some of the biggest personalities out there, helping them creating content. So he definitely has a wealth of knowledge <laughs> and he's still here being honest and transparent, right? Like one of his values. And he's saying, you know, I'm still feel that imposter syndrome, right? Like I, I'm still working on that. So Diego, I appreciate the honesty because... Uh, It's not, it's not easy, right? Yeah. It's, it's simple, but it's not easy. And let me tell you, you have everything you need. Oh, yeah. And I'm not talking about the equipment. I'm talking about you, the knowledge, your story. Like, you have everything you need to freaking rock it and kill it. And we cannot wait to see what comes out of your, your oh, platforms. Yeah. So we're going to be there you, rooting for you. Coming, and coming from you, it means a lot because you, you have the <laughs> rep, you have the attitude, you have the... Um, I don't know. I, I, I really don't take it for granted. So the fact that you give Thank me you. that, it's it's more validation that I have to put myself out there. So I appreciate you for that. Appreciate Absolutely. We're, we're going to be in your DMs like, Diego, where's the content? <laughs> Dude, where's the content? I know. He's going to stop responding to us. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's what I, I, I only want partnerships that make you accountable. Yeah. So yeah. that's all what, what life is about, especially at our age. I think like you yes. were contemporary. I'm 32. Yeah. yeah. So it's like... I don't want to spend the month on the days just thinking about who yeah. I'm going to drink or smoke. I just want to have yeah. like accountability partners. Perfect. You know what I mean? Well, count on us. And, you know, we have a couple of minutes left and I really wanted to share this cool, cool story that to me changed everything. I was managing a fitness studio and I remember being in a mm -hmm. very awesome state of mind inside of the studio. I really loved that environment. I loved my job at the time. And we were starting a brand at the time called Mass Life, right? And we were doing these uh, challenges on the, in the beach and games and different things. And we were like debating on like on publishing. Uh, even back then, this is this is probably like eight years ago, yeah. but way back. And I remember this one person came into the studio. She was a drop-in. She was not a member. She came from a different city. Uh, and uh, she goes to her class. And then after her class, we start talking. And turns out she's a life coach. And uh, she she started asking me about all these questions about what I was doing. I was telling her the, the studio story. I was telling her the mass life, the new company. And she's like, oh my gosh, tell me more about that. And we're like, yeah, it's all about thinking in positive. It's all about, you know, be, being being in the now and enjoying the moment and just like, just bring that positivity, like sharing good positive stories. And it's like, awesome, where are you sharing your stories? And I was like, nowhere. And she's like, but why? And she's like, legit just started unpacking this thing right there in the middle of the lobby in the studio. And uh, and it turned out to be that I had like this fear because I, I was coming from Venezuela and I was like living a life that I was really enjoying here in the United States. And I had this fear that it was if I was sharing all that, then 
somebody back home will see it and either don't like it or hate me for some reason. Now like that, that was the fear that she unpacked that, guilt. that day. I feel like the guilt, right? And uh, and she looked at me and she was like, "What if, what if that thing that you're creating and that message that you're sharing is actually inspiring them to be better and find better opportunities like you did, dude?" That that moment there changed everything. As soon as How I long ago was that? That was like eight or eight years ago ish. Like that was like the beginning of you know Orange Theory, my journey with them, um, and that changed everything. After that, every second that I doubted to like put my message out there, I remembered that specific moment, and it has helped me so much. It's like how do we? What if this one thing that we're saying today is inspiring yeah. and moving somebody forward? Even one person, that's okay. Yeah, we we um we know this guy. His name is Myron Golden. If you haven't heard about him, definitely look him up. He he's uh he's incredible. He's so knowledgeable. He's one of the wisest men on earth, I bet. And um he shares, you know, the problem is usually not the problem. The problem is usually the perspective towards the problem, right? And the perspective towards the problem we can always control. So it's that, right? Like you were thinking, what if I put this out there and then people are going to judge me or they're going to be resentful? Like I feel guilty about having this awesome, you know, life that I'm enjoying right now. And then she literally helped you change that perspective into, yeah, but what if actually you're just inspiring them? So I think that's a good challenge too. Sometimes when we find those challenges across our life, those difficult moments, is thinking yeah. about the perspective. Like what perspective am I taking to this problem like usually is it's not that bad like there, yes there are some problems in life that okay like those are going to extend that they might be extremely challenging but you always have a choice on what perspective you look at them with right yeah. and it's funny because actually this morning i was reading uh the daily stoic and that was like today's message as well it's like it's not i have to is i get to yeah. right and he was giving examples like you know what if today you're driving back home and your tire pop And now you're in the middle of the street. Well, instead of saying, oh, I have to fix my car. Well, no. What about you get to walk home? How cool is that? <laughs> it's like, you know. It's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that because we do Ryan's content. And oh, like, that's awesome. And it's funny that you consume all of this information and then sometimes you don't apply it for yourself. I'm a very emotional, anxious person. Yet I read and review stoic content every day and I yep. value and respect people that are stoic very much. Yeah. But then the the hypocrisy of the human being, it's like, even yep. though if you you know it's bad for you, you still doesn't commit fully. So mm -hmm. I, I appreciate you for the fact that story. It's very, very valuable because if it was eight years ago, you literally went and implement everything. Right, like you, well, you took so, action. Yeah, it, it took time. It, took it just still took time, yeah. right? Like you said, but like the human hypocrisy of uh, yeah. I know I didn't internalize it, but at the same way, like I feel like we all have that difficulty of changing our ways. Yeah, but um, you know, like we actually try to start a podcast before content is profit, and we recorded like five episodes, and then we just drop it out, and that's it. Yeah. And then eventually, like a year so, later, we started content is profit, yeah. and now four hundred episodes. So. So Diego, dude, I mean, again, part two in Jacksonville, we have to make it happen. Yep. Yep. Uh, is there anything else you want to add before we head out today? Dude, this was amazing. This was so good. Thank you. Thank you. I think like content shouldn't be everything. I think like um, content is profit, content is views, 
but content is just a layer to your business. And yeah. I'm yes. repeating myself always that because a lot of the people that come to us expect us to do everything for them. And sometimes it really comes down to also your personality, your belief, your values, mm. your charisma. Because yeah. like uh, at the beginning, a lot of people were coming like, I want to help me like you helped Sam. Yeah, dude, <laughs> but you don't have it. And then I was promising the same results. Everything was measuring KPIs that didn't matter. And it was like, now I focus more on processes, values, systems, like, and making them understand that it, they can rely on me to offload their workload. But other than that, I, I kind of promise you to be famous. I kind of promise yeah. you to be viral. I kind of like, there's an element there that comes really from like looking within and saying like, who am I? What I want to show to the world? And sometimes people resonate with that and sometimes they don't, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. and, and, and that's why content is so awesome because everybody has the chance to offer something new Yes, and yeah. I'm not doing it. But after this call, I just know that it's coming and I have to stop procrastinating and being a bitch <laughs> about it. <laughs> Let's go. Dude, yeah, good. You just hit a point here. We're going to have, I'm making this kind of like as a bookmark for when I listen to this episode before we do the next one. But we definitely got to dive into that, what you just shared right now, which is like, hey, like sometimes it's the attractive character a lot of the times. Yes, the quality of the content, of course, it matters and, you know, the hooks and all this thing. But the attractive character is very, very important as well. And I would love to dive more into that on like maybe how, how we help people develop all that stuff. <laughs> we got the set over there for the back. <laughs> I think it was the puppy. The puppy is Oh, there's there. a puppy. <laughs> I didn't see the puppy. Yeah, I, have, I have a little dog. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. But it's I, okay. I, I'm, I'm putting this as a bookmark for next episode when we when we, we can talk yeah, about all this dude, stuff. I, dude, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm very thankful that you give me the chance to come. And I, I really like you too, very much so. Hey, same, dude. The feeling is mutual, man. Yes. I can't wait to have you uh, up here. Or if we go down to Miami, we'll definitely let you know. We, <laughs> we got to hang out in person. I know. Blaine was like, when are you guys coming down here? I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> Blaine is also like one of my favorite persons ever. Yeah. So, like, hey, maybe we'll we do like a, a four-way podcast now, in now there. Now we have a good uh, good excuse to go yeah, down there. Come in, come in. We should, we should record some content like for you guys outside as well. Like, I'll be happy to do it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, man. Dude, this was great. It, it made my Monday. I know. Uh, yes. Okay. There we go. With that said, guys, <laughs> thank you so much for tuning into the Content Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at Co. That is Ranit Diego here. Help you move one step closer towards your goal. Please don't forget to share this episode and and leave a five-star review. And don't forget to scroll down and hit all the links and connect with Diego. Let's go. <laughs> Bye, guys.